We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baker and the Browns won a game, but do you feel any better about Cleveland's chances down the stretch? And is this Mike Tomlin's greatest coaching job? Tell you what, Minka Fitzpatrick filed for the wrong trademark. We'll get into that as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is back. The offense is clicking. 500 yards total offense. How do they lose? Carrington Harrison, Sports Radio 610 and KC joins us on a football Monday. Home and home radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check out Zip Recruiter right now. There's the address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania. And for those of you watching on the radio.com app, we apologize. Perhaps someone is having a seizure once they see Ross Tucker's shirt, it's reminiscent of the Bumblebee Steelers throwback uniforms, but it is Princeton. It is all rugby striped on the sides, and I'm all sorts of confused and dizzy by it. I apologize to all of you watching today on the app. It is a Princeton hoodie, courtesy of Cliff Perry and the Princeton football equipment. I don't know if you saw... Uh, Princeton played Dartmouth on Saturday at Yankee Stadium. We definitely don't need to talk about the game or what happened in the game. But no? the uniforms were absolutely amazing. It, it was throwbacks. They looked sweet, just like I looked sweet. This is how the jerseys were back in the day. They had the big P on the chest and then the stripes like that. So you knew how to differentiate them. It is hot. It's awesome. Dylan Burns, a young, cool, hip, dolphin-loving millennial who works on the show, agrees. People over the age of 40 that are old, that have kind of given up on life, don't like it. But people 40 and younger realize how cool it is. Let me tell you something right now, okay? (laughs) He's a young man. Jordan's a young man who felt bad about offending someone he feels like is in a superior position to him. It's ugly. I'm going to tell you what Jordan didn't tell you. It gives me a headache. I don't like it. I don't like anyone that wears it. I want you to get rid of it. Free clothing is not that important. It's an awful look, okay? It's not a good look. And, and, and if all the millennials could weigh in, they would easily vote that shit off the island. That's not a good sweatshirt. It's just not. <laughs> Do you, want, do you want a rebuttal, or are you good? No, I'm good. I like that it gives okay. you a headache. I'm going to wear it more often. You just yes. let me – you never let you oh. never let your adversary or your partner know your weakness. Like, how do you not know that? How do you not I, know that? Uh, I'm, just gonna text you pictures, I'm just going to text you pictures of me wearing this now. 
reminds me of those rugby shirts we wore when we were like, I don't know, 10 or 12 or whatever. I hate those things. Anyway, you rock that Princeton gear. Let's get to the NFL. Who that? Who the hell is that? It did not look like the Saints team that we've seen prior to this week. The Saints are 7-1. The Falcons are 1-7. Felt like the Falcons should fire their entire staff and start over. And the Saints, we all thought, were at least the second best team in the NFC, if not the most complete team in the league. That all changed on Sunday. It's just one of those games you kept watching and you kept thinking, this has to change. But the Atlanta defensive line just came to life. Six sacks on Drew Brees. They had seven coming in. They allowed 52 yards rushing to two outstanding running backs, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. First time Drew Brees led Saints offense held without a touchdown since 2006. I don't even know where to start with this game other than how the hell did this happen to one of the most complete football teams in the NFL against a dumpster fire prior to this week in the Falcons? I'll say this, Dave, because this is the NFL and this (sighs) is what happens. And this is one of the things I love about the NFL. I go back and forth between whether I love college football or the NFL more. Certainly, you love college football and the pageantry and everything that goes along with it, the bands and the atmosphere and the cheerleaders. My new favorite thing in college football, by the way, Dave, is post-negative play reaction of sorority girls, specifically (laughs) the Alabama girls. (gasps) It was unbelievable. Like, Hold on, do it again. I've done do the it SEC again. championship do it again. game a couple times, and it really does mean more of those people. Like, it probably means an unhealthy and irrational amount to the people the SEC football does, but it definitely means more to sorority girls in the South than it does in the Northeast. I mean, Hell look, yeah. Penn State girls, Ohio State girls, they like they like their football team, okay? But if their team lost, they would be like, this sucks. Let's go to the bar. Let's go have fun. Alabama girls, it it's like their boyfriend just dumped them on national TV. It is like... It, it's amazing. Like, and I, I, like, I, I work for CBS, so maybe I'm biased, but I get a great image. Uh, can you imagine they're in this broadcast truck? Okay, they're calling the game. There's a bad play for Alabama or a good play for LSU. I just love the producer or director saying, roll camera seven, roll, roll sad sorority girl. <laughs> and they pick a different sorority girl who's like, ah, ah. it is amazing. Like it's, it is like my new favorite thing. Sad sorority girls of the SEC. So uh, how did I get here? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but but there is not much better radio than facial expressions. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I do like the idea the, of a website dedicated to sad sorority girls of the SEC. That is a money maker, my friend. You you have found another way for me to make money outside this podcast. 
sad sorority girls, sad SEC sorority girls.com. Sad SEC sorority girls.com. That another billion dollar idea. I can't believe I keep giving them out on this show, but another billion. Think about every girl in the SEC would actually go to that website to check it out and just see what is this? They, They would just want to see it. And then boom, we're selling them merch. We're selling them Louis Vuitton bags. We're selling them that they all have the exact same haircut. So wherever you get that haircut, they're going to be advertising. It's unbelievable. Like we, we the, the, the possibilities are endless. Starbucks, they would, ah, oh, I got to get a latte. Yeah. I mean, it would be unbelievable. So how I got to this, don't remember at all. Unimportant. Saints. Unimportant. Saints Falcons. I think I was talking about what I love about the NFL. And I mentioned I teeter back and forth between loving college football more or NFL more. They both have their positives. The biggest positive of the NFL, other than it being the highest level of play and you see Amari Cooper make 77 toe-touch catches and all that stuff, is the fact that even the big upsets, the Falcons over the Saints, which was like a 30-point swing when you look at the, the Saints losing by 17 and they were favored by 13, or even the Miami Dolphins beating the Indianapolis Colts, another double-digit underdog, is that that happens. That's why, Dave, survivor pools are so hard. You know, knockout, suicide, whatever you want to call it, they're so hard because these things happen. Because there's not as much of a difference in talent like there is in college football, number one. And number two, you know, every week is its own unique entity unto itself. And starting Monday morning, 20-plus coaches for both teams go ahead and put together a game plan for that opponent that week based on what they think gives them the best chance to win. And sometimes the, 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 the lesser team has a better plan. The better team has a worse plan. The players go out and execute it. And upsets happen. That was no fluke. The Falcons beat the Saints' ass. That was awesome. I mean, six sacks? Drew Brees was running for his life against arguably the best O-line in the NFL. The Falcons couldn't sack anybody before this game. And yet, here they are. They're out there destroying Drew Brees and the Saints. It was a beautiful thing. There's a movie. It's called Any Given Sunday. And it's one of the reasons why the NFL is so popular. The end of that witching hour, the end of the 1 o'clock games, the end of the 4 o'clock games, there's nothing like that adrenaline on the red zone in those endings. And there's also nothing quite like how many upsets there are in the NFL. And I tell you, an extra point on this one turned out to be insignificant, but just an appreciation of Michael freaking Thomas, the best wide receiver in the NFL, dominant again, albeit in the loss. He is on pace for 152 catches. He has 86 on the year. He will break the all-time single-season NFL record for catches. The guy is on incredible but this one goes to the Falcons. It looks like a fluke. Second straight week in the NFL, you had a Super Bowl contender with the Hall of Fame quarterback lose to a far inferior team. You saw 
Green Bay go out there and lay an egg against the Chargers, and now the Saints stunning us all. Is it a fluke? We shall see if that offensive line holds up in the weeks ahead. All right, so the Steelers and the Fighting Tomlins at Heinz Field just stifle the Rams 17-12. to And it, this defense is playing as good as any group in the NFL. Minka Fitzpatrick, boy, did that trade initially look a little suspect, giving away a first-round pick, but now it looks brilliant. Five interceptions, two fumble recoveries, two touchdowns for Minka Fitzpatrick, who they acquired from the Dolphins for the first-round pick. And back in September, Fitzpatrick actually filed for a trademark not on his own name, but he filed for a trademark on Fitzmagic. He wanted to make money off of Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Dolphins quarterback. I hope now he is going to trademark Minka Magic because that has been the story with this incredible Steelers defense. And we shouldn't leave out TJ Watt, two and a half sacks, nine and a half on the season. Is this the best coaching job Mike Tomlin has ever done, Ross? Well, he's done a lot of good coaching jobs. It, it's weird, Dave. It's like when the chips are down and when you're not expecting stuff from the Steelers, he finds a way to rally the troops and gets them to be competitive and win some games. But when he's loaded and has all kinds of talent, he finds a way to lose some games to teams that they should never lose to. He, You know... He should almost be the the coach at like an, an Illinois or a Purdue or one of these middling <laughs> programs because that's when he's at his best. He yeah. wouldn't be a great coach of Alabama or LSU. He's better if he's a coach, you know, for the Pitt Panthers rather than the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did a really nice job. I mean, I thought Stephon Tuitt was their best defensive player early in the year. They lose him. And yet, here they are, still rolling, winning. They were 0-3. And now, you know, they've gone 5-1, and which is unbelievably impressive. You almost forget how many games they've won since then. And they're doing it primarily with defense, because I still don't think Mason Rudolph's really all that good, if we're being honest. The Minka Fitzpatrick trade was probably the most impactful in-season trade I can remember in a long time, Dave. I mean, a long time. He looks like Polamalu out there. How do you have that many picks and touchdowns and fumble recoveries? It, it's really, really impressive. It's incredible. I mean, this type of turnaround, and I, you're right about Rudolph. I don't even think he's mediocre. I mean, this is a career backup. This is not a guy who deserves to be starting for an NFL football team. Uh, Pittsburgh wins despite 42 yards rushing, 13 penalties for 107 yards. Great point about Mike Tomlin. At his best when things are at their very toughest. But the Rams, on the other hand, what the hell? Jared Goff, 22 of 41, two interceptions, four sacks. And again, the narrative we've seen throughout this season. I thought Todd Gurley was running pretty well in this game. 12 carries, 73 yards. I'm no math major, but that's north of six yards per carry. Is this a playoff team? I mean, is this a talented football team that has any chance of winning in the postseason? I think they are a talented team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. 
I mean, oh. you look at it right now. Okay, let's just go know. through it. NFC. Yeah. The Niners are 8-0. They're going to the playoffs. Packers 8-2. They're going to the playoffs. Saints 7-2. It'd be a surprise if they didn't win that division and go to the playoffs. Uh, somebody's got to win the NFC East. So that's four right there, either the Cowboys or the Eagles. Then wild card, the Seahawks are 7-2. The Vikings are 7-3. and three. And then even for that final wild card spot, wait a minute, one, two, three, four. No, that's it. And then yeah, even if you're trying it. to bust through with the Seahawks or the Vikings, you still have the Carolina Panthers. You have the other NFC East team. They all have the same record as the Rams. I'd be really surprised if the Rams even made the playoffs. It is the Super Bowl loser hangover, no matter what anybody says. It looks like the tape is out on Jared Goff, who's looked mediocre for much of the way, still can't figure out the real truth with Todd Gurley. Because, again, I think he's ran pretty well from start to finish on this season, hasn't got a lot of run. I think he had no carries in the fourth quarter. I would agree with you. I do not think this Rams team is a playoff team. Stunning considering what they gave up for Jalen Ramsey and having the best defensive player in football, Aaron Donald. They are in a world of hurt. The Cleveland Browns trying to turn things around. They got a win, but boy, that was not a convincing win. In Buffalo, 19-16. Baker gets it done, 26-38. 238, two touchdowns. Most importantly, no turnovers for Baker Mayfield. They're led by Nick Chubb again, 116 yards. Continue to feed that beast. And Jarvis Landry is the most important wide receiver in that system. He has 97 yards and a touchdown. And OBJ, they were right. They were going to force feed him, and they sure did. But it didn't help. 12 targets for OBJ. Five catches for 57 yards. They have to trade OBJ in the offseason. He does nothing to make them better. Send him to New England. Let Tom Brady have a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Let's see what Brady and the Pats can do with them. But when it comes to the Browns, how much better do you feel about them after winning against a good defensive team? Given the goal line struggles for Freddie Kitchens and that offense, do you feel any better about them or their postseason chances? Not really, no. I, now, I will say this. Their schedule gets a lot easier in the second half of the year. But I, I just, they're still too inconsistent. I mean, down near the goal line, that was painful. It was oh. painful to watch. Eight goal-to-go snaps, and they could not get in. Zero points. Frankly, on fourth down, I thought they should kick the field goal. It was 6 nothing. Kick the field goal. Get up by two scores, please, Freddie. He actually ended up doing that later. He called one of the weirdest timeouts I've ever seen. They still just have serious, serious issues right now with their coaching. I mean, even the Josh Allen quarterback draw touchdown – how do you not have any linebacker in the box there? I mean, James Lofton's doing the game on TV, Dave, and he says, could be a quarterback draw. Before he said that, I was like, I think they're going to run quarterback draw here. Bad. It's bad. And 
they Baker Mayfield played really, really well. The Browns did so many positive things. If Hauschka for the Bills makes his kicks, they still lose. They still lose that game. So no, I don't feel any better about them. They gutted out a win. They were they were they were due to win one of these close end of the game situations, but they're still not a good team. And I'd be surprised if they even get to 500. And I know their schedule is easier now. Uh, if there's some good news, it's that Cleveland got back Kareem Hunt. Boy, because I, I wonder how Kansas City feels about that right now. That that they probably could have hung on to Kareem Hunt and and taken a little bad press in the short term, but barely anything was said this past weekend about Kareem Hunt being back on the football field despite the investigation, despite the incident that we've seen on video. Here's Baker Mayfield addressing that addition. Two times uh, Hunt was on the field all season. You guys drove right down the, the field uh, inside the, the ten. Uh, what, what does he change about uh, what defenses have to be aware of? Um, you know, anytime you get two backs in the game, um, you know it's tough for defenses to play differently. You, you have to bring a guy down, uh, and then you know you're worried about the receivers on the outside. You have to give different looks and kind of mix it up. Um, we just we did a good job of having answers for everything they were doing. Um, and obviously Kareem is such a dynamic player. He's able to block uh, or run the ball when he needs to. Uh, that last drive, he made a great cut block for Nick Chubb on an outside zone play that uh, really sealed the deal for us, you know, to get into a, a good manageable uh, down and distance. And he just, he just does a lot of things well. He wants to win. He's able to, you know, sacrifice whatever it takes. So Kareem Hunt, four carries, 30 yards, seven catches, 44 yards. One of the best backfields in the NFL. Let those fellas eat. Let them lead the way. Maybe the play action finally becomes a thing. Buffalo's not very good. The Bills are not a very good football team. Josh Allen's not a very great quarterback. That team, yeah, they they, they probably will make the playoffs. Just not a very good football team. Not at all confident and what they have to offer. Uh, and how about this report from Jason Lockenford that the analytics department in Cleveland there, they wanted Kevin Stefanski for the head coach. And the owner, Haslam, overruled him. That looks really bad this morning, given how Stefanski has done with Minnesota. That Vikings offense looks awfully good. And boy, Cleveland would be a lot better with him at the helm. In the division, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, video game moves, Hit the B button. One of the most glorious plays we've seen in years from the quarterback position. John Harbaugh said the spin move 47-yard touchdown from MVP candidate Lamar Jackson will be talked about for decades and decades to come. Now, who cares that they crushed the Bengals? This was a thing of beauty. Let's listen to how it played out on the radio. Lamar Jackson, brilliant spin move, 47-yard touchdown. Jackson will keep it on the read option. He's got it at the 40, 35, spins at the 30. He's got room 20. Lamar Jackson, 10, 5, touchdown Ravens. Lamar Jackson with the spin, the sprint, and the score. 98 Rock Baltimore with the call. I can't remember a play, and we'll get to the jump throw from Patrick Mahomes, but that was an absolute thing of beauty. Yes, Michael Vick was incredible. I don't think he ever did anything quite like what Lamar Jackson did on Sunday. 15 to 17, 223, three touchdowns through the air, perfect passer rating. He rushes for 65 more yards, and that touchdown 
he is clearly top three in the MVP voting, is he not, Ross? Yeah, I think right now he's right up there with Russell Wilson, one or two. And I've been very complimentary of Greg Roman and what they're doing, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. Uh, you know, they ran the option a bunch yesterday. So I, I think Greg Roman deserves a lot of credit. But yesterday, Lamar Jackson made all the throws, perfect passer rating. They are unstoppable if he's going to be able to make those throws. And as much as I am impressed by what Greg Roman has done to build this thing around Lamar Jackson, Greg Roman's not the one out there doing the spin move. Okay. Greg Roman, not the one out there hitting the B button and making NFL players look bad. It was really, really impressive. Uh, he is an absolute stud. And I, you know, it, a lot of people on Twitter yesterday, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. You're at Dave Briggs TV. We are at RDC home and home said it was premature, but I think he's better than Michael Vick. I think he will be better than Michael Vick. A lot of it's probably how they carry themselves and the time he puts in, unlike Michael Vick did. But I think he's, I think he's going to end up being a better player than Michael Vick. He might already be there. I mean, did Vick ever win an MVP? I don't think so. And Lamar Jackson's got a great chance to do it this year. It was just an incredible performance. And the defense has to be mentioned. Five defensive scores in three weeks. They are suddenly playing dominant. One of the most uh, appreciated plays on Twitter of the day wasn't that 47-yard touchdown by Lamar Jackson. It was what's called the Heisman package for John Harbaugh. Ingram in the backfield, RG3 in the backfield, Lamar Jackson at quarterback. That's three Heisman winners in the same backfield. It went for just a 12-yard gain, but what a thrilling look at something we just don't often get to see. Here's Mark Ingram talking about three Heisman Trophy winners, same backfield, same play. I think that's the first time ever. You know, I know there's been two Heismans, you know, uh, on the team before, but three on the same team, same field, all on the field uh, at the same time. It's got to be a first, man. We got to look that up. You give RG some pointers on taking that pitch? Man, he's he's he's, uh, he's fast. All you got to do is, man, stay in, stay in pitch relation with Lamar. He was kind of far behind Lamar. Lamar's fast now, so on them options, you got to get moving because he'll leave you. So, uh, yeah, we got we to gotta work on his pitch relation. But once he got it, you know, he got what he could and got out of bounds without taking a hit. So, hey, he's Heisman for a reason. Dude, you had to love the Heisman package. Again, it was gimmicky. It didn't change the game by any means, but just enjoyable to watch. Yeah, but now here's the deal, Dave. You play the Ravens, you got to be aware of Jackson coming down the line, pitching it to RG3, who then throws it deep. So what do you do if you're the corner that side? You're responsible for the pitch man. You're going to fight off the block to get the pitch man. Guess what? Right when you do that, they throw it to the guy you just fought off. I mean, I, I've seen Princeton do some of this stuff. Uh, my alma mater's had, at times in the last few years, two and three quarterbacks on the field at a time. It, it, like, it makes your head spin. It, it's crazy. And I think the Ravens, they should do it at least once just so everybody's like all worried about it and spending practice time on it. New England better not lose another game because if home field goes through Baltimore, that feels like a team that is in the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, on the other side of that game, we didn't mention the Bengals. It was 49-13. Cincinnati, they are determined. They are focused. You have to admire 
their focus and their determination. That, my friends, is the number one pick in the draft. They are over the season. They stand no chance of winning, given that the Dolphins are actually showing some fight, showing some passion, have Fitzpatrick. We'll talk about Miami later. But Cincinnati is locked in on whether that's Burrow or Tua or Chase Young. Got to be a quarterback because Ryan Finley, uh, well, not so good. He uh, threw a pick six. Also a fumble for a scoop and six. Bengals back to being the bungles. We're going to take a quick break and talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes returns. He was absolutely brilliant, including the jump throw touchdown, the consummate shortstop at the quarterback position, 530 yards and a losing effort to Tennessee. How'd that happen? We're back after a break. Was he more of his element when Matt Moore was there when he knew he had maybe a limited quarterback? Well, I, I think after watching yesterday's game, Pat Mahomes may make his teammates better, but I think he does make Andy worse from a play-calling standpoint and a game management standpoint. Oof. It seemed like he was more conscious as to what was going on in the game when Matt Moore was the quarterback as opposed with Patrick Mahomes. I, I think at times Andy, like all of us, kind of gets lost in the marvel that is Patrick Mahomes. And he looks at him, he goes, I got the ability to do anything I want with this offense. Let's go out there and mad scientist this thing up. And for some ungodly reason, run 75 plays in a game where your defense isn't stopping anybody. I think he gets caught up in that. And, and I think every once in a while, Andy Reid needs to hit the brakes a little bit with Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. And, and I think it's okay every once in a while to run out the clock, run down the time, you know, utilize other guys in your, in your, you know, your arsenal. Don't try to do too much with Patrick Mahomes. And I think sometimes Andy Reid, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll use it like th th this analogy because I know what it's like. Andy Reid is like me in college at the all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. I stayed for hours and kept going and going and going. I got my money's worth, but it wasn't good for me. I didn't need to eat three hours worth of egg rolls, okay? I, I, I didn't. And that's kind of where we are with Andy Reid right now with Patrick Mahomes. It's great. You're getting your money's worth, but every once in a while you can put the fork down and push away a little bit and say, let's just give it to the running back. Let's, let's go easy with Andy Reid buffet references, but that is an intriguing <laughs> debate that played out this morning on Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City. Chiefs put up 530 total yards in Patrick Mahomes' return to the field in a loss, a stunning loss. Let's talk about it with Carrington Harrison, also of Sports Radio 610 in KC. Good to see you, my friend Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. What about that intriguing debate playing out this morning on you air? Is Andy Reid better as a coach without the best quarterback in the league? No, that's silly to even <laughs> suggest that he's a better coach without having Andy Reid. Um, this is kind of one of those scenarios in which I think people are simply going to play the results. I think the play in question is there was a third and two late in the ball game. If the Chiefs convert that first down, they probably win the football game. But they chose to throw. I'm never going to fault the Chiefs for choosing Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Sammy Watkins over Damian Williams. And that's what happened at the end of the game. They didn't convert, and then just all hell broke loose. Yeah, character. I'm glad you referenced that because I'm listening to those guys criticizing Andy Reid, and like I kind of like the Chinese buffet. Thing. Like I get it. Like <laughs> it's funny the reference, but 
I watched the red zone, so I didn't see every snap of Chiefs Titans, but I felt like I saw a lot of it. I had no idea what they were talking about. I mean, every time I watched the Chiefs, it was Hardman or Tyreek Hill running for big gains. I thought Mahomes looked awesome. Like, what are they even talking about? I mean, I feel like sometimes what happens is in these losses that we try to pinpoint and blame one individual for a collective and total team loss. And today it's going to be pointed in a lot of different directions. And I understand when you lose a game like that, that it's it's nature to blame the head coach. I mean, the issue continues to be the same. The blueprint to beat the Kansas City Chiefs is clearly there. They can't stop the run. And yesterday, Derrick Henry, who had a disappointing start to his season so far, ran all over the Chiefs and controlled the tempo. And the Chiefs defense yet had another opportunity to prove to you that they're better and get off the field. And they let Ryan Tannehill look like Steve Young. All right, so if you were to put your finger on just just one thing, I mean, I'm a numbers nerd, so when I look at that run defense and I see obviously Derrick Henry 188 yards, but it's 8.6 yards per carry on the day. What's the biggest problem plaguing the Chiefs and their biggest flaw when you look down the road? If I probably had to rank it, I would say injuries is number one. But, I mean, we are talking about professional football that at this point, the attrition rates, it's not simply if someone's going to get hurt, it's when someone gets hurt. So I don't really know if you can use injuries at week 10, week 11 of the NFL season as an excuse. I mean, the run defense is a problem. The run defense was, quote unquote, solved for two weeks. Aside from that, teams have just absolutely taken advantage. And Derrick Henry, I mean, he had one long run for 68 yards. And then it was just especially in the second half, just absolute pounding that, man, football can go through a lot of changes with the RPO and the Wildcat, whatever it is. It is still a game dominated by 10 people on the line of scrimmage. And the Chiefs, of all the teams that I think are good, the Chiefs are maybe the worst at controlling the line of scrimmage. Yeah, let's. I'll get to something positive here, Carrington. I, I, I was not expecting Mahomes to play that well. I told people take the Titans and the points because I thought he'd be rusty and wouldn't be quite as mobile. I was really impressed overall. What did you see? Did he look like the same guy to you? Yeah, he looked the same to me. I That wasn't really a concern for me just because kind of just all the information. I understand that I just follow it more closely than you do. Just the Chiefs never gave any reason, I think, to be concerned that Mahomes wasn't going to be Mahomes. I thought his accuracy maybe wasn't as sharp as it normally is, but I mean, when you complete 36 of 50 passes and 450 yards, it's kind of hard to complain about the accuracy. I thought Mahomes was Mahomes for the most part. I think this is probably one of the five best games he's played as a quarterback of the Chiefs. I mean, the touchdown pass to McCole Hardman was an incredible play that Rodgers maybe attempts That might really be it. I mean, in the pocket, jumps up, throws a strike in the middle of the field, and then McCole Hardman turned on the after boosters. I mean, I I thought Mahomes was certainly good enough and special enough for them to win. They just didn't do any of the little things it takes to win. One of my favorite things about Mahomes is is talking to him uh, at the uh, Super Bowl, asking him how he makes these ad libs, and he said, I'm just still a shortstop. No one ever told me to stop being a shortstop. And so that's what it reminded me of when you see a shortstop run in the gap and make that jump throw over to first base. It's the only way they can buy that extra second and turn the body. <clears throat> Does he talk about that? Is, is he always a shortstop at the quarterback position? 
Yeah, he talked a lot about that last year. I just think last year was different because it was so new and we just hadn't seen so much of it. So, no, he definitely talked about that. And I think kind of along that same vein is just his ability to throw from different arm angles. I talked a lot this season on, on our show about, like, the evolution of the position. I think that's what we're starting to see. Like, I think what Aaron Rodgers was in 2011 and 2012 when he was probably in his prime, I think Mahomes is maybe 5% better than that. Are we at the point, Carrington, where I don't want to say you or the fans should be freaking out yet, but if you start to look at the complexion of the AFC and you look at the Chiefs having four losses, the Patriots, the Ravens, I mean, I don't see it happening for you, bro. I mean, and I know you're an analyst, not a fan, but I don't see it happening for the Chiefs this year. I, I would be shocked, especially the way they both run the football, if Kansas City could win a home wild card game and then have to go to the one or the two seed in Baltimore, New England, win there, and then win to the other place. Then I, I just don't see it happening. And I'm wondering if people are talking about that yet. I am actually at the same point that you are. I don't think that's where fans are. I think the belief with fans, and maybe it's changed today. I got, you know, I, I haven't gone in yet. I haven't really checked the polls. Yesterday, you know how Twitter is. Everyone was very upset. Everybody was very down. Andy's been fired. Mahomes has been traded. Dave told the special teams guy has been let go. That's how it was yesterday. But I've kind of said this probably for the last two or three weeks. When I make a list of all the teams in the NFL that I think are good, the Chiefs probably run the ball worse than all of those teams. They commit more penalties than all those teams, and they are worse at stopping the run. At some point, they have to fix at least two of those three things for me to really consider them to be a Super Bowl favorite, that I do feel like there are certain formulas the teams have if they're going to be able to win the Super Bowl, and I don't know if the Chiefs have all of that. I think what fans are buying into and believing, and I give it some credence, is the Chiefs are so banged up we haven't really seen what a somewhat fully healthy Chiefs team is like outside of week one. So Eric Fisher, their left tackle, has been banged up. Frank Clark's been dealing with injuries all year. Like, this team really hasn't had its total sum of parts. What do the Chiefs look like when we get to that point? But, Ross, I agree with you. If you're expecting this team to, and it doesn't look like they're going to get a bye, if you're asking this defense to beat three straight playoff teams and two of them on the roads, I just don't think it's that likely. You're right about those penalties. Boy, another nine for 80 yards. That has plagued them all season. Really surprising to see. I love a stat, which is time of possession. Almost 38 minutes to 22 minutes. That's in favor of the Chiefs. You win with that number. I would guess 19 out of 20 times. So it's a strange game. You mentioned the, uh, the attrition. One of the strange things about this game was Shady McCoy, a healthy scratch. He's played pretty well this year. What was the story there? So, LaShawn McCoy had a fumble in the game against the Green Bay Packers, and since then, he has just not been a part of their offense. So, maybe to take you back a little further, he had a fumble in the game against the Indianapolis Colts. I kind—I of, mean, I think it's hard to attribute a loss to one person, and the Chiefs certainly did more. If LaShawn McCoy doesn't fumble on that drive, I think the Chiefs win the game. You could make a very similar point in the game against the Green Bay Packers just based on the momentum and how the game was playing out. If they score on that possession or simply just don't give it away, I think the Chiefs win that football game. Since then, he has touched the ball four times for nine yards. He was on the field for nine snaps last week, and then he was a healthy inactive today. 
Now they're spinning it like a load management, trying to get you ready for the playoffs motivation thing. But I think there's a clear line in how they were using LaShawn McCoy pre the fumble against the Green Bay Packers and how they've used him after the fumble against the Green Bay Packers. I'm with you. I, I agree. Um, I will say this, though, man. It is insane how fast these guys are for the Chiefs. I mean, you know, you've been there a while. Longtime Chiefs fans, I know that they had some awesome offenses with Gonzalez and those guys and Priest Holmes, but it, it's got to be so – like, McCall Hardman, he made the Titans DBs look like they were in quicksand. That was crazy. They said he got to 21 miles an hour, which is, you know, one of the fastest times this year. My thing is, he got 21 miles an hour in, like, four steps. I mean, it, you know, how fun is it to watch them? And is there anybody else you can remember that you can compare it to? I think maybe the only comparison would be the greatest Sean turf. Maybe to give you an understanding, because I'm sure a lot of hardcore football fans are watching this, um, um, a Dory Jackson for USC now plays for Tennessee. He ran track at USC. Like he's next level fast. Like I know there's a lot of fast guys in the NFL. He's next level fast. He could not contain Tyree kill yesterday. One-on-one, like the Titans, I think tried to kind of put him over there because they kind of knew his speed and he got absolutely cooked a majority of the situations yesterday. I mean, just the speed that they're able to line up with on the outside with Tyree kill with McCall Hardman with Sammy Watkins. I just don't really know how you match it. That play you're talking about with McCall Hardman, I mean, there's probably five players in the NFL that score on that play. Tyreek probably scores in that play. Taylor Gabriel maybe scores. Like, Marquise Goodwin. There's a couple of guys that probably score. But you are right. Like, he hit acceleration so quickly yesterday that, again, matching up on the outside against this Chiefs team is just going to be very difficult. That also goes to just yesterday on a couple of times, they just scored so quickly and I think it put the defense back out on the field in some bad situations. But then on the flip side, you could say time of possession. The Chiefs dominated time of possession yesterday. I don't know why their defense was so gassed. Yeah, it was, was a strange situation for them. All right, before we go, can you show me your Dak dances to everything? The hashtag blew up on Twitter yesterday. Can you show it to us? And what's your favorite music to put with Dak dances to everything? Before I actually do the dance, I probably watched, and I kid you not, 15 minutes of this. Like, I didn't watch the third quarter of the game. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't focus. It was just everyone I thought was so funny. He was like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what? Like, I didn't really know how that helped him, but I wasn't going to argue so much. Um, someone put it to the dip when I put my hand up on my hip. When you dip, we dip. I thought that was really good. Um, everybody likes the hips don't lie. That was pretty good. I saw a twist and shout that I really liked. I saw one to Baby Shark that I really liked. This was good. This was the internet and Twitter is the best when everybody is in on the same joke and everybody is talking about the same thing. Like that, that's when Twitter is at its absolute peak. And I'm just disappointed that the Cowboys won because we could have then got jokes off at the end at the Cowboys' expense. But Kirk Cousins won a major Sunday night football game. I'm telling you, Popeye's chicken sandwich come back. Ross's skin looks a lot better since the Popeye sandwich is back. And, and Kirk Cousins goes on the road and then wins on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> All that in one week. And, I, and you, you did the dance with your hands free, but you got to remember Dak Prescott is doing the hip turn. He's always got the ball right here. But 
but it was a pretty solid choice. I, too, enjoyed that for about 15 or 20 minutes. Carrington Harrison, Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City. Good to see you, my man. Thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. You're the man. All right, uh, Ross, you know, one more note on this game. Look, Ryan Tannehill's been great. He feels like he's hired. He feels like he's going to get another shot for the Titans. They may draft a guy, but he's been he's been very, very good. He has certainly raised the level there in Tennessee. Well, and that's one of the reasons why you had to go to Tannehill, because you had to see what the difference was between yeah. Tannehill and Mariota. And the answer is, it's significant, which is enough to know Mariota's done, right? I mean... Tannehill's much better than Mariota. Mariota's done. He's a nice guy, but nice guys don't always finish first. He's going to have to be looking for a job at this point, and maybe he'll even be available on ZipRecruiter because hiring can be a slow process. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So we switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I'll take accountability for it right now, Dave. I think ZipRecruiter by far, by far, the best hiring site out there. I am big on people in life taking accountability. It's not hard. We talked about it with Scal on Friday's show on Home and Home, always available on demand. You play well, you say it. You play poorly, I need to play better. You have too many penalties, you do what Taylor Lewan did after the game yesterday. Well, let me, before we even start this whole thing, my penalties are a problem. I am... 100% an issue with that. It's not intentional. I do not mean to do it. I, my intentions are good. I'm just trying to finish. And it's killing the team. And I know that. You guys need to know that. No one needs to call me out or anything because I, I, I got it, boys. I am completely screwing the team with the amount of penalties I've had in these last, what, six games? It's crazy. It's, it's, it's horrible. I cannot get penalties. I'm sorry. There's no need to ask about it because I know I'm an absolute liability when it comes to penalties. That's I outstanding. I love his personality. Go ahead. No, I, I, 
you just don't hear it that often. Now, I would love to hear the subsequent questions thereafter. I'm hoping all the reporters just sat there in stunned silence and didn't follow up on that because journalists can be a little bit annoying like that. But he wasn't even done. I mean, he was on Twitter saying, I'm so sorry to my teammates and the fans for my penalties. It's not intentional, but it's killing drives. It's absolute bullshit by me. I will work my ass off to make it better. Bravo, Taylor Luan. That is accountability that you don't often see in any professional sport. No, I love it. Uh, his personality's hilarious. Like, he's like, I got it, boys. I got it. You know, like, I, I got it. Now, I will say this. He also was suspended the first four games of the year for PEDs. So, uh, that's another aspect of it. Although, he did take a breath, uh, breathalyzer. Um a lie detector test, supposedly, to show that he didn't knowingly take anything. So he's saying it was a tainted supplement. That doesn't really make it much better to me. You know, at this point, you should know that don't take anything unless the team gives it to you. Like, how do you not know that? But I do like that how he handled it after the game. I thought that was awesome because it wasn't just like, a coach standing up there, Dave, and being like, this one's on me. Uh, I got to do a better job. Like, it was like he was real. You know what I mean? It wasn't like just a coach saying what they think they're supposed to say. There was passion there. And he was like, look, I, it's not okay. I get it. I got to try to fix it somehow. See, I'm killing us. Like, I, I thought that was awesome. He's got to fix it, though. Accountability is great but he's got to fix it. He is absolutely right. He is a major problem for that offense that has been a lot better under Ryan Tannehill. And it's it, it just so frustrating, I think, when you're a Titans fan that it has to take so long to commit to Derrick Henry each and every year. The guy is a freak of nature. Run that dude. Feed that horse. He is impossible to stop. We're going to stop here for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to debate the Monday night football game, which is outstanding. The Seahawks and Niners rivalry took a couple of years off, but it looks like it is back in a big way. We're going to have both sides, Seattle, San Francisco. After a quick break, who wins and why? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> 